Welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast, a podcast dedicated to those living with CRPS and designed to provide hope and empower you to reach your goals and your dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Patterson. Join me weekly where we will be discussing CRPS, sharing personal stories, and even talking with guests. Hello, and welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast. This is Dr. Tracy Patterson, and I'm your host, and I'm so glad you're able to join me. On today's podcast, we'll be talking about grief associated with the diagnosis of complex regional pain syndrome, CRPS, and extending grace to ourselves, to important areas that so many people aren't talking about yet patients are trying to figure out how to cycle through it. So let's jump in. Now, grief is a strong, sometimes overwhelming emotion for people regardless of whether it stems from the loss of a loved one or from a diagnosis that they've just received. Grief is characterized by even contradiction On one hand, it's complex and painful, and it's a maelstrom of thoughts and emotions triggered by loss. On the other hand, it's a natural and positive healing process that plays an essential role in helping us work through and let go of often unavoidable trauma or loss. Now, I hope as we work through this podcast, you'll learn how to resolve this contradiction and understand that while grief is challenging and complex, it's ultimately straightforward to understand it and even being able to navigate it. So what is grief? What are the five stages of grief that people are typically talking about? They typically start with denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then finally, acceptance. Common emotions that people go through, to put it in the simplest of terms, grief is that intense emotional experience triggered by the loss. However, loss comes in a lot of different forms for different people. Grief can also be experienced following the loss of a relationship, a job, faith, a significant material asset for some, and for others, It's receiving a diagnosis that seems so overwhelming. For us, it's associated with a diagnosis of CRPS. It's appropriate that that word grief is also rooted in the Latin word of gravis, which roughly translates to a heavy burden. And grief emerges from that heavy burden of emotions that's triggered by loss. Now, everyone's likely to experience grief during their lifetime at one time or another. Grief can also present differently between different individuals. Your experience will shaped by your personal expectations, your beliefs, and also the nature of the grief, which by itself shapes that unique combination. And these are all going to be directed 
and individualize with what each person deals with based upon their personality, their faith, their culture, and even their life experiences. So with that in mind, several symptoms that are common among grieving individuals can also characterize their personal walk with grief. And we can group these into different categories, physical, cognitive, emotional, interpersonal, and even how it affects our life or our lifestyle. So let's jump forward into physical symptoms that are associated with grief. And some of the symptoms have a psychological effect on that particular individual. They can resemble physical symptoms of depression, including loss of appetite, difficulty sleeping, fatigue, loss of memory, physical pain, and even suppressing our immune system. More physical symptoms can tie into crying or even that feeling of agitation that we get. Now, cognitive symptoms, as they call them, grief can also influence how an individual thinks and how we perceive things or perceive the world around us. For example, a grieving individual may get a sense of disassociation or distance from reality linked to feelings of disbelief of how the heck can this be happening. And there's also times that people can experience confusion or memory or even lack of focus. Then we have the emotional symptoms and most typical symptoms of grief is that negative emotion associated with it. And there's a spectrum of possible emotions that can come forward, including depression, guilt, anger, hostility, anxiety, that sense of despair and hopelessness, and even that feeling of isolation. Now these emotions don't necessarily all occur simultaneously, and they can be connected to different things or different phases depending on how we're processing everything internally. And then there's what they call interpersonal symptoms the effects of grief and how it can spill over into the individual's relationships with others. For example, grief is often accompanied by social withdrawal or the feeling of distance or resentment towards relationships that we've had in the past. And then there's other ways that they call lifestyle symptoms or Finally, the symptoms of grief and how it can affect our lifestyle and put changes in there, such as failing to perform daily routines, self-care, resigning from activities, more importantly, grieving the person that we felt we were before. Now, I know it's a lot to take in, and the reality is anyone living with CRPS naturally feels all of these things and then add in that piece of grief. And sometimes it can feel overwhelming, mentally, emotionally, and even physically. CRPS feels like it's stripping us of what we know and what we thought we knew. It can also feel as though we've lost control, not only of our life, but even of our body and so much more. Now that role of anger while we're grieving may surprise you to see or hear that anger is mentioned as one of the possible symptoms of grief. For others, it's not going to surprise them at all. Anger 
is essentially our brain protesting against something that we're experiencing perceived as unjust or even frustrating. Someone who's grieving, it can be confusing. It can be a very stressful experience by that loss or that perceived loss. And even how we perceive that it's unfair and frustrating, uncontrollable. And that's what's going to lead to anger in that process of grief. Then the consequences of that can seem as though, you know, that individual's being hostile or bitter towards the people around them. But it's also important to look past that and recognize that anger can be a necessary expression of that deeper stress of grief. People always ask, how long does grief last? Fundamentally, the duration of grief depends on the nature of the individual and what they feel they've lost. It stands the reason that more intensely the people feel that they have that loss, the longer it's going to take for them to heal. For example, grief following a diagnosis is no less legitimate than grief following the loss of a loved one. But it's likely to take less time, perhaps, to get over that diagnosis than it is the loss of a loved one. Now, grief begins, and one of those processes going through that is denial. And grieving the individual that we were before, as we're taking in all this information on a diagnosis that we've never heard of. And then we have to wonder, what the heck is going to happen? What does this mean to us? What is our life going to become? And we try and avoid it, but the reality is we can't. So there's the denial of, do we really have this diagnosis? And this can lead to that next stage. That can be overwhelming. The feeling of frustration and bitterness can manifest because we're angry and we're frustrated, and then we have that hostility. And the anger doesn't provide comfort, but it can evolve into different things. It attempts to bargain, characterized by a grieving individual seeking a means to reverse that loss for sacrifice. I've heard people tell me that I was bargaining with God, telling him I'll do anything that he wants if he would just give me back my life. But it's not successful. That bargaining doesn't work that way. The grieving individual, sometimes individuals, when they're grieving, they have increased rumination or OCD tendencies over that loss, that experience a feeling of guilt and despair is they consider what could we have done to avoid this diagnosis? It's the what ifs, it's the worry, it's the fear. And that can lead to depression as the individual resigns themselves to that fate that they think that they have, that fundamental existence. Grief can work in a lot of different ways, and there's different ways to work through grief and what they call grief work. An alternate theoretical perspective is referred to as grief work. Now, grief work assumes that an individual is not able to overcome their grief unless they actively try to let go of what was lost. And then in this theory, once they do that, they can take that energy that was invested into that despair and constructively adapt it to the changes that they want. 
they talk about a formal description of the process of grief work in the form of a series of tasks that the grieving individual needs to work through in a sequential order to accept the loss and then be able to move on. And that first task is to accept the loss really has occurred and move past any attempts at denial. The second task is to allow that grief to be experienced without attempting to suppress it or redirect it elsewhere. And the third task is to accept where we're at and then begin to adapt to that. And finally, the task is to take that energy that was invested in the loss and reinvest that in the new direction, that direction of healing. Now, how does grief affect the brain and the body? Because we already know that CRPS affects both. Now, severe emotional pain experienced in grief can have a profound effect on the brain and the body as well. They may have noted earlier as we were talking through that, we were talking about potential physical symptoms of grief. And now that's a stark reminder of that connection between our mental and our physical health. And grief is a process, but it also pushes us further into fight and flight. And we need to remember that fight and flight is that driver of CRPS or the fuel for CRPS. Now we'll let that sit for a minute while we start talking about the brain because grief is associated with noticeable changes in the brain activity that's detectable during neuroimaging. And these changes are seen in a variety of regions in the brain in different aspects of the grieving experience. When exposed to words related to loss, grieving individuals exhibit increased activity in an area of the brain called the amygdala. Now the amygdala is actually tied in to the limbic system area of the brain, and that's the area of the brain that actually perpetuates that wrong signal and fight and flight with CRPS patients. Now another study found that recovery from grief was slower in grieving individuals who had a higher activity in a specific region of the brain associated with the pursuit of desires, which likely reflects an activity of seeking out what was lost. So it's important to overcome grief and yet realize that your grief is legitimized by that clear physical fingerprint in the brain. Now, the body. Terms like heartbreak are used to describe grief. And many people will express this subjective feeling of pain in the heart, accompanied by their despair and even their anxiety. And the physical stress associated with grief should be taken quite literally. Therefore, it's also important to put in place stress management techniques to lessen the impact on the body. Now, grief can cause depression. The fatigue and hopelessness experienced by an individual struggling with long-term grief may be at risk for depression. 
which may then further complicate your already complicated grief and how your body is responding. Grief and that loss can also lead to anxiety. And anxiety is a common emotional symptom of grief, characterized by that feeling of separation, feeling overwhelmed, even social anxiety. An individual experiencing grief may experience significant trauma from that long-term experience of anxiety. And it could be a trigger for even an anxiety disorder. So as you can see, grief can lead to depression and anxiety. And both of these are already emotions that CRPS patients are dealing with. And this in turn is driving fight and flight, which in turn increases your pain. So experiencing that pain of loss, it is a necessary part of grieving, fostering acceptance of the emotions. It's gonna help you cope and change that aspect and even our perception. For a CRPS patient, grief involves receiving that diagnosis that hits us to the core of our body, especially when we're told it's a rare disease. Even worse, when we're told there's no cure. And then we're asked to jump on the internet and look it up so we can get more information. So we start looking up CRPS, we start Googling it. And what we see leaves us in a state of panic, leaves us in a state of anxiety and even despair. Now CRPS can feel like a traumatic loss of our former self and the things that we're able to do. It can involve lots of tears and fears and so much more. It can feel as though we're being torn apart from our assumptions about how life was supposed to operate or how we thought our life would play out. When we feel grief, we struggle to accept that our life is changing, especially when we're told it's never gonna be the same again. Heard from so many different people, quote, I don't wanna die in pain. Others saying they've been told they, quote, just need to learn to live with their pain. Honestly, anyone that knows me, anyone, that knows my story or has been treated by me knows that I adamantly disagree with that adage that we have to learn to live with our pain. But I'll set that aside for a whole nother podcast. Now, following a diagnosis, many people find themselves feeling numb, removed from daily life, unable to carry on even with regular things. And we feel like we're saddled with a sense of loss for me. I know my head was spinning leaving that doctor's appointment where I was formally diagnosed with CRPS. My pain management doctor said we have good news and we have bad news. The bad news is you've got this diagnosis of complex regional pain syndrome and it's a rare and curable disease. The good news is we think we caught it early and if we treat it aggressively, we think we can get you into remission. He even tried to explain CRPS, but ultimately said he didn't have anything to give me and I should look it up on the internet. I think most CRPS patients have had similar experiences. So we go and we look it up on the internet and all of a sudden we see doom, we see gloom, we feel helpless and we feel hopeless. We're made to believe that there's nothing that we can do 
we're made to believe that once we get that diagnosis of CRPS, formerly RSD, that life as we know has ended. I want you to hear today that that is not the case, that there is hope and there is help. Grief is a natural reaction to loss. Grief is universal, but it's also that personal experience. In individuals that experience grief, it can vary depending on where we're at in that process and where we are at with ourselves. And grief can be tied to that feeling of mourning. Some say that mourning can last for a month and others say it's longer. It's a very individualized process. And for a lot of people diagnosed with CRPS, they mourn the person that we pictured ourselves as or mourned what we feel is the loss of everything that we know. Now, this can lead to acceptance and realigning our expectations and then even extending grace to ourselves. And I'm saying that, and I know that there are people listening to this that have so many questions or they're frustrated or they're about ready to turn this off. I've had people say things like, but that's not the way it was supposed to be. That's a common thing that we say to ourselves when expectations fall short or something happens to us that's unexpected. And I think so many CRPS patients prior to their diagnosis would say, we never stopped, we never slowed down. And that was true for even me prior to my diagnosis. And for people, whether they're younger or older, whether it's school, whether it's sports, kids, family, work, any number of activities that we just did without thinking. Now, personally, I am that classic type A analytical driver personality. A lot of CRPS patients fall into that category, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate. But needless to say, prior to CRPS, I was usually running full steam ahead no matter where I was or what I was doing, and I was that doer no matter how tired I was. And yes, following a diagnosis of CRPS, Again, my head was spinning, I was exhausted, I was having to deal with pain that I could not even fathom. That list of things just kept going on and on. Now the magical thing or the more appropriate way of looking at this is we need to give ourselves grace. And when we can do that, it starts freeing up resources for our body, to start getting back into balance, but also for us to cope with things with a better mindset. Now, grace to be able to nap when we're tired, the grace to nap even before we're tired and knowing that we've got a long day ahead of us. Grace to leave things unfinished if they aren't necessary. And grace to be able to lie down or even watch a movie to unwind. Now, post people are gonna feel uncomfortable resting or relaxing. They've got that nagging voice in the back of their head that says we always have to go, 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 or do, do, do. But sometimes we have to set that aside. We have to learn to give ourselves the attention and the love that we need, the things that we would encourage other people to do. 
extending the grace that God gives us to rest and enjoy life instead of constantly feeling like we're rushing and worrying. And I know it's so difficult to enjoy things when we're dealing with CRPS. Now, not only will you be measurably happier and well-rested, but you'll find by giving yourself grace and doing these things, it actually feels like you're lifting a little bit of a burden off of your shoulders and it creates less stress in your life. And keep in mind, the lower your stress level is, the better you're going to feel. So who would have thought about this? Anyone diagnosed with CRPS, bottom line, we want our old life back. We want to be healed. We don't want to go through this. We want to be whole again. And first, I want you to know that it is possible to go from merely surviving to thriving again. But in the interim, please know that we can find these golden nuggets through our journey with CRPS in the same way with our journey with life. And it's found in extending grace to ourselves and being deliberately aware of extending that grace. And it's not always something that comes naturally, but it can not only benefit you, it can benefit your family and it can benefit the people in your life. And if you feel like you're too stressed to rest, maybe it's time to take that step back and allow yourself that time. And trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. Now, some CRPS patients find the practice of allowing and letting be in the midst of trying to be one with themselves and and trudging through anxiety and heaviness is very difficult. And mindfulness experts suggest a few ways that we can notice to not push it away. And we can notice how we feel in those moments. And there are physical response that we can notice in our body. We also need to take note of that emotional response in our body, even that disappointment, the blame, the self-doubt, even the exasperation. And these can be opportunities to start realigning and shifting, being able to extend grace to ourselves. And some of the recent comments that I've heard from people is, quote, you should know that you don't or didn't cause CRPS, you didn't cause the pain. Therefore, don't feel guilty, be strong, be positive. I've had another person tell me, focus on the good days. Focus on helping your body make positive adaptions. Focus on retraining the brain and the body and appreciate those good days. Now, I know this is a lot of information and the grieving process can feel overwhelming, but I want you to know that you're not alone. CRPS hits each individual so hard. It rocks our world, and that's the understatement of the decade. But the reality is there is hope, there is help, and you're not out there alone. Now, if there's anything we can do to assist you, please visit our website at www.holisticcentertreatment.com. I hope the Healing Hub podcast has brought you some positive resources and or some information And we perhaps brought you a ray of sunshine and hope. And remember, together we can make a difference.